Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Zach Talander. He's a weightlifter, coach, and YouTuber. He's joining me yet again today to talk about the world's most pressing issues, things like whether men should be forced to get vasectomies at age 40, if John Jones can ever find redemption, why New Zealand's football team name is problematic, why the female orgasm is so elusive, how Zach got involved in internet beef with a big Texan man, whether CrossFit has rampant steroid use problems, and so much more. Not too many things to take away from today, apart from I dug really, really deep into research about the female, about the female orgasm. Uh, so there is a 15-minute segment on why uh, you, or potentially your partner or previous partners, have struggled to reach climax. Uh, so real, real... <laughs> Life-changing, insightful stuff happening today. Before I get on to other news, this Monday is the launch of the Modern Wisdom community, finally on Locals. It's basically like a private Facebook feed where you can post and you can connect with other people that listen to the show. I just recorded the first Locals episode. The only exclusive way that you're going to be able to see this is by being a member. Uh, I recorded that with Johnny and Youssef the other day and it is so good it, it's absolutely outstanding so that episode will be ready for you on monday if you join the community monday morning everything will go live if you're on the mailing list you'll find out if you're on your my instagram you'll find out if you listen to the podcast you will find out how to join and there will be a brand new 90 minute 80 or 90 minute episode with johnny and Yusef. and it's so funny uh so yes get ready for this it's it's gonna be amazing i can't wait to get this released in these other newses. This episode is brought to you by Reebok and their amazing Nano 11. It is the best training shoe that I've ever found. If you are in the gym and you haven't tried out the Nano 11s, you, you need to make the switch. You can't squat or do anything that involves stability in a pair of shoes that aren't built for purpose. The Nano 11s, they're flat, stable soles. They've got a little bit of a heel drop that makes it easier to squat. They're good for weightlifting, plyometrics, high-intensity interval stuff. If you're running, if you're doing CrossFit, all of it, it is one shoe to rule them all. They're so comfortable that I wear them when I'm flying, and they're pretty indestructible as well. On top of that, you can get 20% discount across Reebok's entire range, including all of their hoodies, tops, t-shirts, shorts, whatever it is that you need, plus you can get 20% off their amazing Nano 11s, which means that it's £89 for literally the best pair of training shoes that I've ever found. And they look cool. They don't look like some, some weird sort of correctional shoe that other training shoes do. Head to reebok.co.uk and use the code MW20 at checkout for 20% off everything including the Nano 11s. I'm very sorry, people in America, you can't get this yet. I'm still fighting to try and get it enabled. But if you're in Europe, anywhere in Europe, Reebok.co.uk and MW20 at checkout for a 20% discount. In other, other news, this episode is brought to you by Active Life RX. You will have some injuries that you've picked up over the years, or maybe you've just got some inhibitions with the way that you move, or you realize that there is something you need to work on. Most companies that you go to, they may be able to get you out of pain, but they can't get you into fitness. Or they may be able to get you into fitness, but can't get you into good condition. Active Life is literally a one-stop shop for everything. They have a team of personal trainers and doctors and coaches and physios. Literally, whatever it is that you need, 
They can sort it. They can get you out of pain and get you to reclaim your fitness. They've worked with CrossFit Games champions. They've worked with professional rugby players and baseball players and basketball players on six different continents. There's thousands and thousands of clients that use them. And they're the company that I trust to look after my rehabilitation and training plans. You can get a free consultation call, no obligation. Just go and give them a call. They'll give you a call, actually. You get to schedule a call with them. They'll go through all of the different options, tell you how they work. They can discuss what is going wrong with you and how you might be able to move forward with them. Head to bit.ly slash rxwisdom. That's bit.ly slash rxwisdom. If you feel like you need to get out of pain, you want to get back into your training, you've got some niggles and some injuries that you need to fix, this is the place to go. bit.ly slash rxwisdom for a free consultation call. But now... It's time for the wise and wonderful Zach Talander. Zachy boy, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Sooner than we planned, man. Yeah, but it's it feels right. Too much to talk about. Right, so here's the first thing I want to talk about. Chris Rabb from Philadelphia. He has created a bill requiring men to get vasectomies by age 40. State Representative Chris Rabb, Philadelphia Democrat, supports a solution to lawmaking men who want to control policy on women's and girls' bodies require, requiring men by six weeks into age 40 or after child three to get vasectomies. And it's all in the name of reproductive rights for women and girls. Rab also wrote the legislation which was in a response to restrictive abortion bills around the US. I thought it was as important as a man to speak up about reproductive rights, Rab said, according to WHP-TV. There are bills and laws that regulate and restrict bodily autonomy for women and girls, but not so much for men. While the legislation is satirical, it's supposed to add conversation on reproductive rights. In the statement, Rab said, as long as the state legislature continues to restrict the reproductive rights of cis men, at uh, cis women, trans men, and non-binary people, there should be laws to address the responsibility of men who impregnate them. That's obviously beside the law of having to look after the child and pay child support for the first 18 years of its life. My sincere hope in introducing this legislation is that my colleagues in the General Assembly consider the egregiously gendered double standard when it comes to curtailing reproductive health care as it applies to women. Reprodu- uh, Republicans reportedly responded with abortion and vasectomies not being equal issues and argued the bill conversation won't get very far. What do you think about that? So the, the main thing that I heard from and, and what I want to talk about is the satirical aspect of it. So like it was knowingly satirical, right? When he did it, he, so he himself knows that it's not ever going to get passed and it's not real. So what I'm wondering is what is the efficacy of like an extreme satirical play like that to get conversation started? Ultimately, right? Like to to get people thinking about, you know, the other side of it, which is the um, abortion laws that are being passed. It's it's very interesting. Obviously, it's ridiculous, right? He even knows it's ridiculous. Um, but I, that's what I'm, I'm wondering is like how how effective is satire? in bringing about conversation. And I would say it's decently effective, right? You have, um, well, we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. And, and what sort of effect will it have on the actual lawmakers and the, uh, you know, the people, the people in power who can, you know, make a difference and, and make changes. 
I don't know if I want the people that represent me in government to be wasting time and money doing shit like this, though. Like, I just yeah, feel no, like, I... is that the satire, no matter how fucking effective it is, it needs to be unbelievably effective because he's put a bill in. I don't, I have no idea yeah, what that means. Yeah, it's waste of time, yeah. But he's created a bill and it's actually been put out into the world. Uh, is there not more important things to do? Your country's fucked. Like, the government and the yeah, politicians have, in your country I mean, it, <laughs> are fucked. It's a, it, a guy is basically trolling at, like, the elite level. Professional trolling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather, you know, tax dollars go elsewhere for sure, for sure than that. And that, it's, a, it's insane. Um, but, you know, here we are talking about it. Yeah, fair point. I also, I don't know, I feel like trying to further restrict in response to a restriction is just a bad uh, it's not a tremendously good way to try and even the scales right if you have a problem with a particular law let's say it's restrictions on voter id you don't then try and restrict something else to even the scales you try to reduce the restriction that you've got a problem with and the same thing goes with abortion law like if you're bothered about the restrictions on abortions then you can fight that but trying to create something that sits on the opposite side of the fence, it makes it too easy. If he genuinely cared, I think there would have been a smarter way to go about this because it's not, it's not the same. It's not equivalent. It would, be, it would be the same as a woman getting her tubes tied, which right. isn't the same as an abortion. Yeah, they, they, that doesn't match up for me at all, really. Restricting someone's ability to reproduce. Um, and then the other one is you know, the, the person has already reproduced. Yeah, and then you're right. taking a life, which is what the people that are pro-life are arguing. That bit about uh, there should be laws to address the responsibility of men who impregnate women. It's like, what do you mean? Like, there already are. Yeah, there's... Um, you have to pay for yeah, the child. <laughs> there's child support. Yeah, for a very long time. That already exists. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's what I've been thinking about this week. Yeah, that's it's that's incredibly odd. It sounds like it would be a headline to an Onion article, <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be? I mean, like, I, I honestly, the, when you brought it up, I, I've never heard of this. But when you brought it up, I thought it was like a uh, like a population control type of play, like like Some China has had for, for quite a while. Yeah, you know. So fuck it. What you been thinking about? Well, um, I've been thinking about John Jones. Um, he has he's gotten in trouble again this time it was abusing his wife he's got he, for for those who are listening who don't know who john jones is maybe you, you don't know martial arts he's you know considered one of the best martial artists like really of all time which is which is crazy um he's in the ufc hasn't been active in a long time and he's a very very troubled individual and he just recently uh, was elected or not elected um, Hall of Fame, right? He was he was inducted, yes, inducted into the Hall of Fame for one of his fights. I can't remember which. Gustafson. Would you know off? It was the one with Gustafson. Okay, so um, he had just gotten his award. He, you know, went back to the hotel, told his in wife Vegas. that, yeah, in Vegas, of course. That actually really matters in this one. Okay, so in Vegas, told his wife, hey, I'm gonna go out. I'm taking ten thousand uh, dollars. I'm going to go out, comes back. They get in an argument at like five in the morning. He hits her. She goes down to the lobby. The security guard notices the blood on her face. 
Because she um, asks to change the room key. Right. It was a cry for help. It was a... Well, she... I, that's actually true. She she didn't want to go back to the room with him. I think she wanted a different... Or, wait, did she want to lock him out? I think she wanted to lock him out. So by changing the okay. room key, he wouldn't have been able to get back in. And she went down and the one of the daughters was there with her. Yes. And I think, you know, that also could have been like a, hey, I'm... I'm in trouble, like I'm scared type of thing also, right? It's yeah, a lot she of times. Said, the, the wife said, can we just get a new room key? And the guy mentioned, do you need any assistance? And she kind of said no, but she also said that she didn't want to go back up. And then it was the daughter. Yeah. The daughter was the one that said, can you call the police? Right. That's yes. Yes. Fucked. I know. That was that. I think that was the, the chail video that you sent me. That was the 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 part that really it makes the know, hairs on the out. back of your neck stand up. Like yeah, your, your own daughter, your daughter is, is calling to call the, the police, police on, on you to stop you from hitting her mother. Yeah, like so crazy. So he's a very 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 troubled man, and we can talk about like you know what he should do or shouldn't do or what should happen. But something that's very interesting to me is um, this was something that. Daniel Cormier, who's now, uh, you know, an analyst and, uh, you know, just a, a figurehead at the UFC. Um, he was a, a heavyweight champion or super heavyweight champion uh, in the UFC. I don't know. He defended it a couple times. He lost the belt, got it back. But um, he had a few fights with John Jones. And one of the things that he said in his interview, he ended up kind of predicting the future. And I'll just play the clip. Um, I'll play the audio here. I want to hear my reaction. Please. He, he doesn't want to hear my reaction because I will tell him some sobering truth. Please. Sobering truth is his history dictates and determines that the same thing's going to happen. That is his character. That is him at his core. I look at that young lady, the PR lady that's on his team now, and I see in her eyes, she knows she's fighting a losing battle. <laughs> I look at his coaches. I see that these guys know that this kid will not change. He, won't, right. he will not change. He's the same guy. He's rotten at his core, and he will continue to... Don't you think that people can learn from their mistakes? Mistakes? Mistakes. You don't constantly make mistakes. No? You make mistakes, but you don't do them over and over no? and over and over. No. No, says who? You don't do that. If says you who? know when a mistake, when you make a mistake, it changes you. You try to make yourself better. Necessarily. And this is, many times we've heard this speech. Jonathan? Pretty unbelievable. That gave that? me the chills. So that was, I believe, two years ago. And John had already been in a lot of trouble. And DC says he's rotten at his core and he is bound to repeat. History will repeat itself with this man. And look at what we're doing. We're talking about this. I thought that that was the most effective. Like, I, I have not seen something like that. That To me, that was chilling. And what I wanted to talk about with you, Chris, is what... Well, I guess first, let's talk about redemption for someone like John Jones. And my theory is that he has to almost, he has to let go of his identity completely. <clears throat> he has to do penance, you know, whatever that is. If he has to go to jail, whatever that is, you know, um, if that's monetary. But he has to lose his identity as a fighter and as a party goer and has to change his his life entirely in order to recover from this and you know, this type of behavior for someone in the real world, someone who 
doesn't have the money that John Jones does, doesn't have the fame and notoriety that John Jones does, this type of behavior leads to jail time, leads to death, leads to other people being injured. He was injured. some normal black man out in the world of America. He's fucked. Oh, 100%. So my thing is this, is like, if he is to move on from this, it has to be a complete and utter spiritual and mental psychological change from, from where he has to go from there. The second, so, so the second part I want to talk about is what determines whether someone is a good man or a bad man based on their actions. How many actions does it take? Is redemption possible at all the time? Does, it, does redemption become harder to, to get uh, the more you fuck up? And that's, that's what I'm curious about. Someone like John Jones is like, I, even though this position that he's in right now, even though I still like to think that there's a potential for redemption, at least within himself. How old's John Jones? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Has to, 30 34? fucking four, bro. There's no, there is no time for him to turn his life around and come back. How many chances is this guy being given? Didn't he get, he got popped for some sort of PEDs? Like, yep. if you want to tick off all of the big things that you shouldn't do as an athlete, whether it well, be I'm not recreational a- drugs, whether it be performance enhancing drugs, whether it be getting into misdemeanors, he hit a pregnant woman in his car. He shot a gun outside of the window of one of his cars. He was belligerent to the police. When he got arrested this time, after this incident with his missus, and he had the cuffs on behind his back, apparently turned to the four police officers and said, I'd love to yeah. see if you four like pussies could take me on your own if you undid these handcuffs. I've just been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Then he headbutted the police car, so he's now got to pay for the damages to the police car. So, mm-hmm. like, the guy's so, a no, bellend. What I'm saying, of course, what I'm saying is, though, is like that whole being a fighter thing is gone. Like, in my opinion, to be an, uh, to come back, maybe. I mean, who knows? In this weird world we live in, you know, like OJ Simpson is one step away from getting a celebrity boxing match. Like, that's how fucking weird this world is. Is he? Okay. I don't know. You know, it, okay. it's like you, <laughs> you, so you never know what yeah. can happen. You, you know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, <laughs> Jake Paul, Logan Paul, all this stuff, they're, they're headliner, they're, they're big martial artists now, yeah. like, it's, it's crazy. I was thinking more along the lines of, like, John Jones just disappears. Just disappears out of the limelight and changes who he is I in order to survive as, in this world. As far as the I'm wondering if that's concerned, possible. that's already happened. So people mentioned this. They said a few years ago, John Jones could lord it over people like Danny. Because one of the reasons that he said he wasn't going to come back is because he wanted to get paid a million dollars for a fight. And the UFC don't seem to be quite good with fighter pay. That's a big criticism that they often get. So John said, I'm going to wait because I can hold out because I can negotiate. He forgets, man. This this sport moves so fast. They don't fucking need John Jones anymore. The sport doesn't need him. They haven't needed him in the heavyweight division for a long time. And he continues to fuck up and continues to be out of the game. So I I don't see where his leverage comes from with regards to that. I don't think that people care. I don't think the UFC need him. I don't think the world need him. Like, if you're not going to be a good athlete, what you can be is a good ambassador or a good role model for people to look up to, young kids. You know, let's say the Cormiers of the world. like Yeah, Cowboy Cerrone is another another Cerrone. Or fucking Khabib. The guy retired at the peak of his career. So mm-hmm. he's no longer an athlete in the MMA. 
uh, in the UFC, but he can be a really good ambassador for people to look up to. John Jones has fucked both of those things. He's no longer an athlete. Yeah. And he's not a, a role model for people to look up to. I don't want my future kids to be looking up to John Jones as the sort of athlete that they should try and aspire to be. Fuck that. So yeah, in terms Oops. of that, correct. And then in terms of how much redemption you need, how much you would need to do to undo all of the bad work, I don't think anyone can... I don't. I, I would always try and give somebody the opportunity to try and achieve redemption. I don't think that anybody can be a lost cause apart from like psychopaths and people that are in prison and rapists and stuff like that. And, uh, yes, and that's what I mean is like, I think a lot of times people want redemption fast because that's how the world works now, right? It's like, I want to be back in the limelight, but I want to be in your good, uh, on your good side. And what's missing there is the penance. What's missing there is the shame. And given what, given John Jones's past, that shame and that penance, that, that has to take years. I mean, I would say this. Chris, as much as you would say there's no possible way this man could redeem himself, what about 10 years from now? You but what know, does redemption 10 years look from now, like to you? And I don't, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And that's why I, I, it's interesting to me. I like to talk about things like this because these are things that are almost outside of the scope of human nature is like long-term feelings about someone else. I have this feeling that People want to be on the winning side. So, for instance, if if you fuck up, I want to naturally be on your side. Outside of being my friend, someone I care about, I want you to be on top of whatever that is. I want you to come out on the on the good side of that because it. I want to be a winner too. You know, it's like, and and that's not like a. It sounds very self indulging, but I'm not trying to be. It's like. I think people want redemption. I think people want kind of... You mean you, they want people to achieve redemption? I think so. So I, I think, think so. You may be right, man, but there's only so many times that you can... Of course. ...let that happen. You know, the cheating boyfriend in the relationship, the wife might be able to take him back the first time or the second time or whatever, but after five times, you go, this isn't a misdemeanor that requires redemption. This is an inbuilt part of your nature. This is just you. And here's another thing. I think that where you're coming at this from is maybe the same as me, which is an inherent belief that people are good, an inherent hope that people are here to try and be good people, like to contribute Mm -hmm. to society in a way that's fucking constructive and leave the world in a better place than they found it. I think we need to concede that there are some people out there who don't do that. Like there are some people who simply, if you leave them in the world for long enough, they're going to continue to make it a worse and worse and worse place. Yeah, and like the the crazy thing about all of this is like this position that I'm playing right now, it's just a position that I'm curious about. I'm thinking through it. This is not how, you know what I mean? And I just want the listeners and viewers to kind of understand that. I I like to think about things from from a lens that I may not think about in real life, you know, when it happens. Yeah. I've been fucked over, you've been fucked over. I'm sure both of us have fucked over some people. Um and they have every right and you have every right and I have every right to move on from that person. Um but I still like to think about the potential for someone to make some sort of a comeback. And you know, this is just a thought cuz like Jesus, John Jones really has fucked up the most of anyone in his sport 
that I can even think of. Here's a question for you. Is it still acceptable to call John Jones the GOAT when he behaves privately in the way that we've seen? Can you separate the art and the artist? No, I, I, I never called him that. And basically because of that. So you think that jo- he You know, is Joe Rogan had no... It's, it's very weird now. We're talking about morality and ability. All right, so fighting you know? talent in the, in the octagon, is he the greatest of all time? Well... I don't. I don't know. I may, possibly. Who's possibly. between? It would. It would be between him. I think Khabib. Uh, we're looking at Valentina Shevchenko, who's doesn't seem like she's going to lose anytime soon. Um, who else would be on that list? A lot of it has to do with title defenses. I think that's one you of know, the guy, criticisms that Khabib gets. Right. That who did right. he fight? that he did a title defense against that was actually right. world-class, whereas John Jones, pretty much everyone that he did a title defense against was world-class. Yeah. Right. Um, and then also, Conor McGregor didn't have many title defenses, if any. Did he have any? None, right? I think that was his main criticism, too. But, um, yeah, you know, I I don't know. It was just very, very strange. And And the whole thing is eerie, dude. It's just like... Something needs to change. Like, what, what would you do if you were John Jones's friend? If he has any friends? I don't even... I think I would have given up by now. Yeah. I think that I get quite personally invested in my friends and in their well-being. Right. And after a while, after... Well, it depends how long. If you've only just become friends with him this week, then maybe you've got a bit of tolerance left in the tank. But yeah, I would have... Um, right. There's only so far that you can try and take people. And it's like, look, man, like, this is your shit. I would have tried to have an intervention i would have tried to sit down with him i would have tried to do whatever it seems very much like he's hugely narcissistic like he has very little empathy for other people oh of course yeah and with all of those things piled together it's like look man this is your fucking problem if you're big enough to hit a woman you're big enough to get yourself out of all of these messes that you got yourself into so yeah anyway here's here's one for you here's another one so uh new zealand is divided over the all whites name change you seen this No. A heated debate is raging in New Zealand after the country's football governing body said it was considering changing the nickname of the men's national team. New Zealand football has revealed that the all-whites name could be changed in order to avoid racist connotations. The sports governing body has confirmed that it was reviewing the name, setting the scene for arguments between the old-school traditionalists and those who value inclusivity. Many New Zealand sporting sides have colour-based nicknames. The men's cricket side are the Black Caps. The men's basketball side are the Tall Blacks. However, non-rankle like the All Whites, which can be read to mean excluding other ethnicities. The question of the name change comes as many New Zealand organisations adopt names and identities that incorporate Maori culture and language. The police chief, uh, sorry, the police chief, football chief said that the sporting body was on a journey around cultural inclusivity. We are working on a process with stakeholders across the game, as well as people from outside football looking at all areas of the organisation to make sure they are fit for purpose in 2021 and beyond. Uh, one of New Zealand's greatest ever players, Winton Rufa, a proud Maori man and a member of the 1982 team that they got their uh, name from, said changing the all-whites name was, quote, absolute madness. The all-blacks brand is iconic and this is no different. Okay, so this is the first time I've ever heard of the name the all-whites. Me too. I don't so, think New Zealand are particularly good at football. 
Right. So that's what I, I was like. The all whites. What? I know the all blacks because they're legendary. Literally one of the greatest dynasties in all of sport. Um, you know, there's been a lot of changes in America with American football, um, with many other teams and their logos. Um, and it's just like kind Redskins of, and stuff. Didn't yeah, happen? the Redskins now. I don't know what they're. This is pathetic, but I think they're just like the Washington football team or something like that. <laughs> like I the swear to God, name ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know the Indians had that old logo, which was like the smiling Native yeah, American the, guy. The newest name is the Washington Football Team. Yeah, is that is that what it is? Did you the just Washington look it up? Football Team? Yep. So then um, it also was the Bullets. They were changed. That was changed in God, the, maybe the late nineties, two thousand, maybe. What did that originally um, mean? The Bullets. It was the Washington Bullets, and it was just a bullet logo. It was cool what as was wrong hell. With that? Uh, Gun crime, violence, crime, violence. Okay. So, so then now they're the uh, Washington Wizards. It's a basketball team. Um, there's plenty of different things like that, and I don't know. It can be argued both ways. A red skin is pretty tough, man. It's hard to, you know, that is a slang. That is a slang term. That's a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. Um, but it depends, you know, who are you offending and, and are they offended? And well, that's the I, real I think question. The question if, would be whether or not an all whites versus an all blacks and a black caps and a tall blacks. Like that's, this is the theme that New Zealand have going between all of their different sports teams. All blacks right. is the rugby. and the If all you change one, you got to change them all, right? Well, no. By that logic? There's an inherent punching up versus punching down like perspective that's being used that somehow all blacks is inclusive, but all whites isn't. And I don't know, man, it just feels like, can we not try to keep race dynamics out of sport as much as possible? I'm aware that sport is a good opportunity to display to people like, look, this is a a very diverse team that we have on the field. And this is a young working class Asian guy, white guy, black guy, whatever guy that comes up through the ranks and you can be like that person. Like individual players and their teams at large are awesome role models for young kids and for older people as well. But like when you've got an entire country's set of sporting teams named after the tall blacks and the black caps and the all blacks, like the all whites being the one that gets singled out, it sounds like men over the age of 40 should be getting vasectomies. It just sounds like... Again. <laughs> it's as, it's as ridiculous in your mind mm, maybe not quite but it's, <laughs> it's obviously it's it's obviously stupid like to to do that highlights an asymmetry right yeah no i mean that's what i was saying is is if if they determine that one is bad they have to determine all of them are bad because they're all along the same line right all of the the all whites, the tall blacks, the blacks, <laughs> you know, it's, what it about is very the short funny, blacks? What about people what, that are what short? What sport would they be playing? I don't know. What are short people good at? Wrestling, I think. Okay. Yeah. So the, they could the, be the New Zealand blacks. wrestling, the short blacks or the short whites. Yeah. 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 I, I, honestly, that's the first time I've ever heard of the all whites. Well, now you've, For sure. now you've heard of it. What do you think about NFTs? Don't know enough about them and have not. I, I don't know anything. Me really. neither. I, but yeah, like everyone, everyone seems to be talking about them. Like everyone's doing them. Do you know anything about them? Because that'll be more than me. 
I kind of understand that it's a way to uh, create individual pieces of typically artwork on the internet that can be owned and licensed by a person. So it would be the equivalent of you buying a piece of art in the real world or a particular file. Uh, typically, these are illustrations or like images, uh, and people purchase them. But you are a verified owner, and you can limit the number that there are, um, and you use smart contracts in the blockchain and stuff to be able to to go Whoa. through. Whoa! So it's mainly around art. At the moment, it seems like that's what it's mostly being used for. But people can do it with anything, right? Because so you're buying the rights to the art. Buying the rights to the sale of the art, then? Kind of, because digitally, the physical presence of the art can be everywhere, right? Like, I can have a screenshot of it, you can have a screenshot of it, but in the NFT, non-fungible tokens world, only one person can actually own the piece of art which is licensed via a smart contract through the blockchain. Okay. So it's a way for (laughs) digital artists to make bare money, but it's the same. Here's the thing, right? I would love to know how many people that adore NFTs love the platform and the technology and how many of them love the fact that they can make tons of money off it. We spoke about this last time about Bitcoin. Like, do you love the fact that people in war-torn countries can send money back to their grandma without the state overreach stopping them from doing it? Or do you like the fact that it doubles every couple of years? Yeah, it's the latter. It's the latter of the two every single time. And the beauty of it is that it's guilt-free for right now, at least, right? Why is it guilt-free? Well, because I don't think anyone's really calling people out for for doing something as selfish as just playing this weird money game uh, and 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 making money out of it. You got people called will... out. You got called out by a man with a mustache. Oh, Mark Ripitel. Yeah. Well, okay, so. If are we do we want to dive into this? I want to know about the man with the mustache. Okay, so this is for for people listening. This is a it's almost a silly kind of internet beef, but we'll dive into it because it does get a little bit interesting. It starts off about a year and a half ago. My profession, my expertise is in the sport of Olympic weightlifting. So a year and a half ago, this guy named um, Mark Ripito. He's the creator of Starting Strength, and his book has reached almost a million copies sold. Uh, it is like, you know, a guideline to barbell training to get stronger. And, you know, I think at the timing of which he came out with the book and started to build his YouTube channel and content, it was timed very, very well. We're we are now in an era where there's a lot more people with good, uh, if not better information than starting strength. Uh, but he was one of the originals and he got people stronger. And that's very important to understand. He was talking about Olympic weightlifting in, uh, one of his podcasts a year and a half ago. And he, he, he kept uttering the same thing that he always talks about throughout this. And it's that weightlifting coaches or powerlifting coaches, they don't know what they're talking about. And there's always this idea, there's always this feeling that, yes, he's trying to get beginners stronger. He will outwardly say, I don't care about professional athletes. I don't care about elite performance. But at the same time, he will say, those who are coaching elite performance or, or those who are doing things elitely, they don't know what they're doing. And so he said that about weightlifting and I ended up 
writing a comment, and then he did a comments from the haters. That's one of his segments. And he said my comment, or he, he, he read it out loud. So a year later, I'm like, you know what? I forgot about this thing. I made a video. And it kind of exploded a little bit, uh, basically talking about the things that Mark Ripito had said that I disagreed with. Then he made another clip, which was very egregious, where he laid out almost exactly what I t- had issues with word for word in a very, just very clear cut way. And so all I did was then make another video and disagree with it. What he said precisely, okay, so there's a, a man named Lasha Talhadze, li- just performed the greatest snatch of all time. The snatch is moving the barbell from the floor to overhead. He did it with 223 kilograms. This man has broken the world record, which has been his own, God knows how many times. Okay, I believe the world record when he started was 217, and he's the one who's broken it six times now. Okay, this is, the, this is the, simply the greatest snatch ever. And Mark Ripito said, well, you know, his technique could have been better from our standpoint, but it doesn't matter because the snatch is 50% of your deadlift. Uh, and and technique doesn't matter. Those are the words directly out of his mouth. Then later he says, uh, later he says, the reason why some of these old records haven't been broken is because weightlifting coaches don't know what they're talking about from a technical and a training standpoint. So for those of you listening, both of those things couldn't be more clear-cut contextual evidence as to what I disagree with wholeheartedly. Okay, so I made another video and boom, he sees this, makes another video retorting me, calling me a fucking child. So this time he just goes off a fucking child. My viewers, uh, he said, are fucking idiots. He said, I've sold one million books. What have you done? I've gotten more people strong than you. I've invented all of this different stuff. So at this point, the saga is over because his comment section is just attacking him. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where we could have kept this stupid internet beef going on and on and on, but I just let, let him kind of defeat himself, which when is the best When did Men's Health way. write the article? Right. So <laughs> that's where this gets even more ridiculous. Men's Health. Okay. So for everyone listening, that all, everything I just said doesn't mean anything to you, Right. But if men's health starts to pick up this, maybe it will, okay? Because men's health is a proper publication. It's not just some random YouTube channel. I see that men's health is doing a report on this beef. However, they refuse to use my name. Both men's health and um, Mark Ribito refuse to use my name because they feel as though I'm going to gain clout from this. And this is exactly what I want. Right. That's another one of their arguments is like they just want clicks. That's why they're going after us. It's like, no, actually, I just disagree with you. And I already get more clicks than you. I get more views. I get more clicks than you. That video, which you called me out, has the most clicks of any of your videos in the past six months. Because I, it was about myself and my viewers went to your channel. But that's it. That's the whole story. It was just hilarious to wake up one morning and see men's health was covering this fucking internet beef about a weightlifting coach and some random old strength coach. What was that comment where someone said, what's all of this weightlifting stuff doing on my white supremacy (laughs) channel? 
<laughs> so, like, so Mark Ripito is like the most Texas old, just like hard man. Okay. He's got a great accent. He says things like why, right? Instead of why, he says why and what type of stuff. So um, <laughs> he kind of has his own like little meme lords, which I really respect, like his own meta content people. Uh, but he's more of like a libertarian, obviously right leaning. And uh, someone commented, it was like, what is all this weightlifting pussy shit doing on my libertarian uh, like right leaning militia podcast. And I thought that shit was so funny, man. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. But yeah, that's what I've been involved in. And the thing is, like, the thing is, you, you and I talked about this. I had men's health covering it, right? And you were like, dude, you're sitting on a, a pot of gold here. You have to go yeah. and make a video. You had to. After you said that, though, I went and checked on his video and it, all the comments were like negative taking my side. So I was like, you know what? I kind this did the job for me. Just I don't need it. to. Yeah. How noble of you. See, John Jones could learn a thing or two from you. <laughs> Just fucking let it go, John. Right. Right. Do you want to do you want to learn about orgasms? Yes. Yes. Boy, me. do I ever. I thought you'd never ask. Me too. So, uh. I looked at a study, Accounting for Women's Orgasms and Sexual Enjoyment in College Hookups and Relationships. So, this looked at, it investigated the determinants of orgasm and sexual enjoyment in hookup and relationship sex among heterosexual college women and seeks to explain why relationship se uh, sex is better for women in terms of orgasm and sexual enjoyment. We found that women have orgasms more often in relationships than in hookups. Regression analysis reveal that specific sexual practices, experience with a particular partner, and commitment all predict women's orgasm and sexual enjoyment. The presence of more sexual practice conducive to women's orgasm in relationship sex explains some of why orgasm is more common in relationships. Uh, there is also a double standard contributing to why relationship sex is better for women. Both men and women question women's, but not men's, entitlement to pleasure in hookups but believes strongly in women's as well as men's entitlement to pleasure in relationship more attention is thus given to producing female orgasm in relationships but not in hookups and here's the stats so if you've had no prior hookups with this partner 11% orgasm one or two prior hookups with this partner 16% orgasm three plus prior hookups 34% and six plus months of a relationship 67%. Yeah. And um, I, I almost know the reason why. It's like when you are first getting into some sort of relationship, whether it be physical, whether you have the intention of going further, there is the, you have to kind of hide your cards. You, you have to- you have As a guy? Sub, both, women and men. And the discussion around sex- is still a mystery. It's like you kind of have this thing where if you're going to hook up with someone, you're like, oh man, I still have to like make this move at this time. And I can't just outwardly say, okay, so now we're going to have sex now. Can you tell me exactly what pleasures you? And can you, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's not the, the level of discussion. But as you get into a relationship, you're damn near shitting in front of your girlfriend, right? And your girlfriend is, you know, doing everything like you guys there's no filter so at that point she could be like hey you know do this exact thing and we're both gonna have a party in here it's gonna be great 
Yeah. Like that I, to me that seems like the only logical reason. Yeah, so it said the um the presence of more sexual practice conducive uh experience with a particular partner and commitment as well was another one. So I wanted to dig into this more. So I read that yeah. and I was like this is pretty interesting. So I want to find out what causes women to enjoy sex more. Uh again from this very rigorous bro science study that I've been doing. And what got me onto it was I was chatting to a bisexual girl, actually, who's just come out of a relationship with her first relationship with a girl. And she said to me, making a girl orgasm feels like quite an achievement. I can see why men enjoy it. But what that highlighted was that for girls, making a man come is just like, well, it's, it's going to happen. Like if I just keep pumping away. Yeah. Yep, it's going to happen. Just yep. keep pumping, you know? And and then it, it, it happens in the end. Whereas with a, a girl, there's more intricacies going on. Right. So this is fucking fascinating, man. The influence of types of stimulation and attitudes to clitoral self-stimulation on female sexual and orgasm satisfaction, a cross-sectional study. So long and short of it is <laughs> long and short of it is that girls on the whole see any type of orgasm that involves using the clitoris as a second standard it's like a second class quality for it okay which is pretty crazy so whether women experience orgasms depends mainly on the type of sexual activity direct stimulation of the clitoris improves the regularity of experienced orgasms called orgasm consistency and orgasm quality during sexual intercourse without direct clitoral stimulation only about one-third of females experience an orgasm. In contrast, during masturbation, 59% of women usually experience an orgasm. Blah, 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 blah. Forward and back, forward and back. Women who orgasm more frequently reported a higher awareness of their bodily sensations, more erotic fantasies during intercourse, more variation in their sexual behavior, and higher emotional intimacy. So emotional intimacy comes back to the relationship thing again. Yeah, uh, many and that women is... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Many women who have difficulties experiencing an orgasm report psychological strain and low satisfaction with their sexual relationship. A low orgasm frequency is related to cognitive distraction, i.e. automatic thoughts, suppression of erotic thoughts, pressure to perform, and sexual myths. So overall here, it says that orgasm consistency through sexual intercourse had a stronger influence on orgasm satisfaction and sexual satisfaction than orgasm consistency through oral sex stimulation by the partner's hand or self-stimulation this is surprising since many women even describe an orgasm as more pleasurable when stimulated directly by the clitoris and female orgasms least likely to be caused by this type of stimulation although there is no biological difference between a vaginal and a clitoral orgasm Many women seem to desire orgasms through purely vaginal penetration. The results indicate that the common misconception about sexuality, that it is normal for women to experience orgasms during penile vaginal intercourse, influences the subjective evaluation of one's own sexuality. Orgasms from clitoral stimulation seem to have a second-class quality for some women, although there yeah. is no evidence that these orgasms feel less pleasurable. Right, because it would seem as though the clitoral stimulation is almost like a hack, right? It's like you get your vibrator, you go right for it. You have the images in your brain or you watch porn. It just, you get it done. And if they can kind of teleport themselves to wherever they need to be while sex is happening and they get clitoral stimulation, they can almost do exactly the same thing that they were doing, you know, during masturbation. Uh, but, the purely would it, is it vaginal yeah purely v vaginal 
um, one would mean that their connection with whomever it is that they're hooking up with was so strong that it didn't require that. You can't hack your way out of it, yeah. And I think that what was really fucking interesting was the talk about cognitive distraction, automatic thoughts, suppression of erotic thoughts, pressure to perform, and sexual myths. So the biggest restriction to girls coming during sex purely through penetrative sex is their own mind. Yes, yes. And part of it is the, you know, all of the things you listed above, it's kind of the trickle-down effect. There's the, it's vulnerability at, at the end of the day, right? I mean, it's, why would I open myself up completely, carnally, like everything to this person if they're going to leave me, right? It's, it's like, that's almost what it requires to have that level of an orgasm. And for women who like, and again, this is... I'm bro almost science. speaking of, of someone who's like thing. sure of themselves, right? But I'm a fucking bro, and like, like trust me, I'm aware. Um, but I'm I'm working through this because this is very interesting, you know. And it also takes it takes experience on both ends. Like I've had my ex- experience and frustrations and successes. Um, but what I what I can ultimately say is like that. I I wonder where masturbation for women plays into all of this. Because I know for a fact that masturbation on the men's side, what with using with the use of porn um, and like your own hand, that can affect your sexual stimulation. And there's been actually a lot. There was this huge meta analysis um, that I want to show you. I, I didn't don't. I obviously was not prepared for this discussion. Uh, but there's a huge meta analysis talking about um, porn and its effects on male stimulation. Uh, you know, in order to like the inability to have an erection, sustain an erection expectation, and then how it affects the relationship. So it can cause relationship breakups. It can cause divorce. It can be a catalyst to cause breakups. It can be a catalyst to, to cause divorce. And I wonder the female side of that, right? Cause I, I when I end up trying to get uh, close with a female, I actually ask them these things about masturbation, about these things. Because it's like, one, I'm curious. And two, it's like, I I can't judge. I'm not going to judge you. You know what I mean? It's not, we, are, we live in a different time where, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, like no one talks about masturbation. No how one does, talks about sex. I you have know, to get there. I want to know about how asking a girl her masturbation technique intricacies how it comes about. on a first date, I want to know how that goes, yeah. Not on the how well, many dates? you know how it, many dates deep you, do you need to go. <laughs> Look, I've I've gotten it on the first date to talk about it, you yeah. know, because it's like I'm open about whatever. It's it's hard for them, you know. I don't want to make the person uncomfortable, so the conversation the is the first just place I go follow- to masturbation. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the conversation <laughs> I go to is following their lead. Right. I'm not going to push any further because there's nothing I hate more than like making the person sitting across from me feel awkward and that you have to build that trust over conversation, obviously. And more likely than not, on a first date, you're going to end up talking about relationships. Are you not? What you know, because you want to know about the person who, you know, who have you dated? What was wrong with it? What was what did you do wrong? What did they do wrong? What do you like? What don't you like? And it. If you're not talking about sex at that point, 
right? At, at some point, you have to start talking about sex. If you talk about sex, you talk about people not being good at sex. Or you talk about people being good at sex, what they did that was good. And then masturbation habits end up having to be discussed, right? I just kind of bro science walked you through exactly yep, how that that's ends why, up happening. That's why you're doing it. Okay, so I think, bro science time, I think that the pressure to perform and the sexual myths, which are two of the four reasons for low orgasm frequency, according to this study, pressure to perform comes from... Um, what they predict the partner expects from them. And right. because of how much porn is around, I think that that probably will have made girls believe that they need to act in a certain way. I have seen some studies saying that um, more men and women believe that anal sex should happen because it like just happens in porn. So therefore, it, porn is a representation of intimacy that happens in the normal world. And then the sexual myths thing is about the fact that in most porn, it looks like girls do orgasm through sex. So the girl themselves feels, oh, well, this myth is part of me. Now, I don't know how much of a, a myth thing it is because when it's self-created through the girl's own rumination and automatic thoughts and suppression and blah, 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 that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's like your, the thing that you want to have happen you're stopping it from happening because of how badly you want it to happen. It's a pretty yes. unco uncomfortable situation. That's, I mean, that's essentially, right, like what's the one thing that men face is ability to get it up. Yep. You know, and then the thought process of trying to get it up makes it worse. Don't think about it. Babe, don't think about it. It'll just happen. Okay, you don't want me to think about it? Now, now I'm not All I can do up. is think about it. Yeah, right? So it's kind of the same thing. If a woman wants to have an orgasm and you and like you know, that's all they're thinking about. And then they think, oh, crap, well, I'm not, it's not Am happening. I doing it right? I gotta... Is it happening right? Is yeah. he enjoying it? Am I enjoying it? Should I be doing this? Yes, yes. That's and such so, a good analogy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I saw, I think it was someone on Rogan a while back, but this guy was saying, you know, there's a mixture of drugs you can take to where you just let go of everything. And it's, uh, it's like, a, I think it's, it, would it be called oxytocin? I know that oxytocin is what's released. I know that. But is there like a form of that? I'm not sure. Something like was that. Was this for women or for guys? This was someone on Rogan's podcast was like, yo, I've got this combination and you got to try it. And it was like for sex. something and ketamine. Like for a, sex. A very yes, for sex. A very right. mild dose of ketamine and a very mild dose of like oxytocin or something like that. Oh, and then, yeah, he was also saying you can rub something directly on your dick. This sounds like Ben Greenfield. This sounds like very, very Ben Greenfield. Okay, it could, it could have honestly been him. I, I don't remember. But I remember the comments being like, yo, this guy is fucking insane for suggesting <laughs> for suggesting people going out of their way to get some ketamine from like some rando motherfucker. You know, by the way, all of these drugs are illegal, you know, but drugs are uh, well discussed on Rogan. Um, but I... I, it's one of those things. Take yourself out of your brain and be present. It's I feel very like there's hard. a limit, though. There's a limit to taking yourself out of your brain. Like if I if I have enough ketamine, I'm not on the same planet anymore. <laughs> like, you're not having sex with Bro, me. I'm, I'm a trying vegetable. to transfer. I'm trying to get out into the astral plane, right? You know, that's what I'm saying? where I am. I'm trying to get out and look, be above the bed while we're fucking. I want to, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like in like in that movie with um, you just get shoved into the astral plane. 
I'm trying You're to disappear. Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch was trying to get all of his skills so that he could have sex in the astral plane. Yes, exactly. Yes. I'm glad we're in agreement. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I want to talk about, and actually, dude, I could talk about that stuff all day. So that was very interesting. But um, one thing I want to talk about, my friend, uh, Ian, Ian Daniel, we know him as Ian the Rhino. Uh, he's a, he's a very strong dude, power lifter. He has a background in CrossFit. So he went to the CrossFit games twice as a team athlete. Um, and he went to like legit games. It wasn't like early on. These were very hard to qualify. He's a very, very, you know, accomplished individual. And, uh, let's see, I'm going to pull up the, the quote here. Cause this is really interesting. Where are we at? Chris Williamson. There we go. And, CrossFit Games posted a picture of a woman athlete, and I got to find out what her name is, Vicky Caruso. And in this picture, she honestly looks like a single-digit body fat. On top of that, she has to perform these athletic feats and these feats of strength. So she did a 280-pound clean, which is a little bit under uh, 130 kilos for a female that is insane, okay, for... An average gym-going male, that's as high as you're going to get, okay? And she has single-digit body fat. She has unbelievable leg veins, ab definition, and she has, you know, it, it just doesn't seem legit. And the post that CrossFit Games posted, it was kind of like a repost. I want to pull it up because the reason I bring Ian up is that they, um, they took his comment down and his comment was the highest rated. It had the most comments and it was about the drug use and the PED use in a sport like CrossFit. Zach's camera has run out of battery. So you're now looking at him <laughs> with the green screen fully behind him. All right. What was this? What was the comment? God, I can't even find, I can't even find the original post because they posted so many times or they might've taken, Oh, here it is right here. So, this is what Vicky Caruso had said. Uh, naturally, the steroid comments come out. These comments don't even bother me anymore. I've been he hearing about that stuff since I was 10 years old. Really? You've been hearing about steroid abuse since you were 10 years old? <laughs> There's no way. And my legs, uh, my legs were more defined than most professional bodybuilders. And then all throughout running track in college, I was randomly chosen for drug tests. It doesn't bother me because I had nothing to hide and I still don't. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge advocate for more drug testing. What bothers me is the fact that when people see someone do something that they can't do, especially in the world of fitness, they automatically assume they're taking something. I follow a fellow I follow a lot of fellow athletes and every time I see someone hit a big lift or do something impressive, I'm happy for them. I've never once thought, "Oh, they're juicing because they're doing something I can't." If it comes out a couple months later that they were on that that they were on then jokes on me but until then let's start celebrating people's successes uh we need to be positive and supportive of, of each other and stop comparing people okay so if you look at this woman's profile and you should definitely flash some of these pictures on screen there is some crazy uh definition stuff that you would see on bodybuilders and it is possible, it is absolutely possible to diet down and get everything perfectly if you are genetically capable 
of having that level of definition and vascularity. It is possible for her to do that single thing naturally. Now, is it possible for her to do that and clean 130 kilos? I would say no. And it would point me in the, in the direction of saying no. So this is where my friend Ian says this. The idea that CrossFit is a natural sport at, at the most elite levels is literally the biggest non-truth told to its audience. That is, This is coming from a previous two-times game competitor. I'm tired of it. It's disingenuous to sell that idea to Gen Pop. The use of peptides and fast-clearing steroid hom- hormones is rampant and kept quiet. I literally know of previous Reebok-sponsored athletes who popped and were never disclosed because it would hurt the brand's image. Too much, of fit- too much of fitness makes money off of using their elites to mislead people into what kinds of results are realistic through natural dieting and training. Cleaning 280 as a female with what appears to be single-digit body fat? Sorry, that's not how, female- that's not how natural female physiology works. Now, when... I took a screenshot of this. He had 227 likes on this, um, which was, you know, 50 times the next highest liked one. And I came back to it a couple hours later and there was 400 likes. Then I came back to it a couple hours later and it was gone. Okay, the, the number one liked thing, the number one opinion on this was taken down, obviously, by CrossFit Games themselves. Um, so it's it's... it's it's interesting that you have a a business that wants to be considered a legitimate, clean, and fair sport, uh, when in reality they would never ever want to negatively affect their business by popping one of their own athletes. But they popped Ricky Gerard. Yeah, and to me, I think you know that could have been the sacrificial lamb. So for those listening, Ricky Gerard got third at the games, um, whenever whatever year that was, the CrossFit Games, and two thousand seven. Then they yeah, and then they ended up retroactively uh, popping him for for SARM. So he tested positive there. Now, a lot of people have been saying that that was a sacrificial lamb to say that CrossFit's like, look, we popped a guy who's who was third place, you know, who was on the podium, but. It's Ricky Gerard. No one knows who the hell he is. Matt Fraser, you know, Rich Froning, uh, any of the women, Tia Claire Toomey, whatever it is. Maybe they're on, maybe they're not. But boy, if they ever tested positive, they would never do anything. You think? I mean, oh yeah. If Rich Froning, I mean, for me, all signs point to a lot of these guys using. I'll well, never know. Why? We will never know. Because why is because... The game is recovery. So CrossFit, especially, the, it is a sport where recovery could not be more important than anything else because you have to, every single day, do things that require mainly work capacity work. There are certain things that, that are like snatch, clean and jerk, you know, a single rep of each. But for the most part, we see 10 to 20 minute workouts where work capacity is being tested. And it's not entirely a skill based sport. And I would say that about many different, um, you know, many different Olympic sports. You know, it's not the, to me, the skill, the, the hard aspect of sports is adapting to certain stimulus at when you need to. Rugby, you have to make a move 
be, because you're de- it's determined by your opponent. Um, you have to change. No two movements are the same ever in rugby. It's all about what you can do with your mind. It takes a lot of skill in that way. In CrossFit, they literally, for one of the events, took a bunch of sandbags, brought them from one end of the arena to a, a, a wheelbarrow, they wheeled them across to the other side of the arena, and then they took those sandbags and walked them up the stairs just to show that this sport is about capacity. We are t- testing capacity. Who is capable of doing the most work? For the most part, and there's n- CrossFit is just an accelerator and learning how hard to press the accelerator. And, and who can do that the most efficiently and the best? And there's nothing wrong with that. But that leads me to believe that Honest to God, anabolics and androgens couldn't work in a couldn't work better in any sport. They would benefit a CrossFitter more than most other sports androgens could benefit them because of the recovery aspect of it. Because it's pure gas pedal, it's pure motor, it's pure engine. Whereas, uh, you know what? Here's another one: cycling. But see, that's cycling. It, if it's the multiple day efforts, yeah, cycling is very similar. Recovery, low yeah. skill. Low skill, just effort, just go. You know, you have to think about when you're going to do something, when you're going to move, whatever, but for the most part, it's just who can recover the most. Yeah, I think strategy can- and skill are, are two slightly different techniques. Like, you can have your strategy in your mind, and that doesn't mean that right. you're not skilled at what you do, but yeah, I um didn't... Didn't Matt Fraser say on Rogan, wasn't his excuse, I don't know if steroids would help? Didn't he say that? I don't think he said that. Someone's, I don't think he, no. I've heard someone use that. Maybe it was Brent Fikowski. I've heard someone I mean, use... Yeah, steroids, they, they damn near help with everything. Literally everything. I, but I, not, so I, the I, problem that CrossFit has is it, it, it's like the UFC back in the day where it's got an internal doping right. accreditation. Yeah, and that's... Yes, and people want to shit on USADA, and they can, you know. But for the most part, look at look at the size of the men in the UFC now. Look at look at the body types in the UFC now. It is noticeably different. Dude, when Whether you go people back are and using, look at like the single digit oh my UFCs, fucking God, like dude. UFC seven or something. Yeah, Berserk. and that's the thing is like you know yeah sure they're probably doing peptides they're probably doing um, you know fast clearing steroids but it's not at the level of what it used to be. And that's better. Um, CrossFit right now, it's like, dude, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how it works. It's very confusing. You know, if they got USADA involved, that could be very cool. I think that'd be very great. But why would they do it? What would what? Why would they? What's the incentive for CrossFit? Not only that's the thing is, what's the incentive for even addressing this? Uh, That's what I would say, Chris. Is like, why the fuck did CrossFit even talk about this? They shouldn't have even brought it up. It's like. If they just stay silent, if we're talking purely business, like, yeah, why would they have USADA on? Because it's just business. We're making money. We're doing well. We're going up, baby. But we're talking about morality here. Okay? So if we want to ignore morality, just don't even fucking bring up steroids. Because that's what it is. That's the real discussion here is morality. It's here are the rules. Are you going to break them in the name of what you think is right or what is right? That's ultimately the question. This is something that my father has spent most of his years talking about. Most of his career as a journalist has talked about the morality of steroid use because he covered the Chicago Cubs when they had Sammy Sosa and it was Sammy Sosa versus Mark McGuire. 
He he has had multiple cover stories on Sports Illustrated about uh, athletes using. He talks about it in the Olympics, in in American football, in baseball. This is what I've heard my entire life. This is not new to me. And what if if we are CrossFit and we are just a business? And we don't care about us being a legitimate sport because when you are a legitimate sport, there is some sort of morality contract that you have to sign. That's what the UFC realized. If they want to be treated like a legitimate sport, they have to get USADA. They have to be somewhat moral. It can't just be a wild, wild west shit show of a promotion where they just put big guy versus small guy. Well, they got like big, pride used to be. big shareholders now, which the CrossFit doesn't. CrossFit's still a private company. Yes, and... And that's, yeah, they're the more legitimate you try to make yourself. This is the thing is like people want to ignore, uh, they, they want the freak show. They want the Jake Paul fight. But at the end of the day, I don't think they really do. The, the more legitimate you can make whatever your platform, the more steps you have to take to ignore business and, and capitalistic mindsets. CrossFit, as far as business goes and, and capital goes, yeah, it is not in their best interest to get USADA. It costs a lot of fucking money to do that. And, and for what? For what? To lose but potentially a big chunk of your game's roster. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe things change. Maybe whatever it may be. But part of it is we want to show that this is a real sport. You know, and these are the sacrifices you have to make. The UFC has done a lot over the years to be like, hey, guys, this isn't just some freak show. You remember when UFC was starting and people were like, this is archaic. This is disgusting. This is like, um, you know, like most states still in America don't allow UFC fights to happen because it's just like it's too scary. It's too sketchy. When really now it's like everyone watches UFC. Even my dad, who thinks who used to think it was you know, uh, too sketchy, too, too, too rough. Um, now he watches it. And that's because they took that stance against drugs. I think that in order, if CrossFit wants to make this argument where they're being unfairly judged on the drug use in it, they have to start making moves. So to repost that woman's post and say, hey, a lot of us are getting critiqued on steroid use when the reality is you don't know what's going on. It's like, well, what are you doing to make us believe that people are clean? Nothing. They're not doing anything. Who would you say off the top roster, if you had to pick a couple of people that were the highest likelihood of them being on gear, who would you pick? I'll go first. Noah Olsen. This the- yeah, this is the type of stuff that gets you in trouble. It gets you in trouble. I'm not in the fitness industry. I don't give a fuck. I know. You, can, you can pass. You can pass if you want. I mean, I said Rich Froning. I've, I've said that. And the reason I said Rich Froning is the longevity and the performance and the age. He's what, 35, 36 now? Yeah, and he's still and crushing he, it. Yeah, better than ever, you know, and it's not a sport. I think it, I think it's one of those things where it should be a sport for the young. It is. It should be a, yeah. Fucking, so I was talking to Ben Bergeron about this and he was saying that for this new comp train academy, if you're over 26, they're not looking at you. 26. 
if you're older than 26, they're not looking at you because it's going to yeah. take a few years to develop you from where you need to be and blah, blah. It is a young person's sport because it's about recovery. And here's another... And that's why, listen, if it's about recovery, man, androgens are being fucking used. I will say that, honest to God, anyone who's listening who's a CrossFitter or who will listen and see this as CrossFitters, like, you have to be skeptical. And if it doesn't matter to you, then that's fine. If you think everyone's doping and it doesn't fucking matter, fine, that's great. But do not say that it's incredibly likely that your hero, your guy is not taking, or girl, or female, either one. There's no assurances. Until they get a more robust testing procedure in place, there's no assurances that people And even then, it's it's not an assurance. It's not a for sure, but it definitely helps. Yeah. It definitely helps. USADA is a... They are a bunch of Nazis, bro. They will fuck you up if they do not give a fuck. They might not be able to catch you, but if they do catch you, you're fucked. They're, they don't, they're not going to report to CrossFit, and CrossFit's going to determine your outcome. Once you sign up with USADA, they do whatever the fuck they want. Game over. Yeah, yeah. there's no safe words. There's no way to get out of this alive. Yeah, we got to protect this guy. No, that's not no, the case. They're, they're going to get you. Did you see that Mark Zuckerberg lost $6 billion in a day? When Facebook was down. Listen, man, if he takes my Instagram away from me once more, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think if he does, he should go bankrupt. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's, that's the sort of shit that's just, it's, is it wrong that I feel good about it? I don't know. So he went on the <laughs> world's richest list. He dropped from number two, I think, sorry, from number three to number five. So it's Elon Musk, 210 billion, Jeff Bezos, 185 billion, Bernard Arnault, fuck knows who he is. What's he doing in with all of these big names? 153 billion, Bill Gates, 124, Mark Zuckerberg, the Zuck, 121. Big, fat drop off. Mark Zuckerberg's personal wealth has fallen by more than $6 billion in a few hours, knocking him down a notch on the list of the world's richest people after a whistleblower came forward and outages took Facebook Inc.'s flagship products offline. A sell-off sent the social media giant's stock plummeting 4.9% on Monday, adding to a drop of about 15% since September. The stock stock slide on Monday sent Zuckerberg's worth down to $121.6 billion, dropping him below Bill Gates, number five on the Bloomberg Billionaires Index. He's down from almost $140 billion in a matter of weeks according to the index shit son man he's still got 121 billion dollars so why i don't give a shit about mark zuckerberg's personal wealth wealth did you watch you know, the have you been seeing the whistleblower stuff that lady that came forward about the pandora papers no the oh facebook internal employee who's been releasing all of these documents no i haven't i haven't this is wild so it's kind of, it's weird because everybody from the outside looking in, especially since, what was that Netflix documentary about social media? Oh, God. Um, Fuck. That one. Yes, that since, one. Yes. Since that one uh, came out, everyone's sort of known. Everyone's had it in the back of their minds that, look, this is, this is pretty fucked. The algorithms are manipulating us. They're telling us things. They're changing our behavior. They're making us feel a certain way. 
making people fearful, limbic hijack, racing to the bottom of the brainstem, like all of this, like fuck, who, who's surprised by this? People like Tristan Harris have been talking about this shit for literally four or five years publicly, the ex-design ethicist at Google. Um, but the difference now, I don't know why, I don't, maybe it's just because, maybe I'm overestimating or underestimating how normie the normies are. Like you have to be pretty fucking normie to not know that Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram are doing this sort of shit to people. Um, yeah, but maybe I'm maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Uh, but being aware of it does that make you any better? Does that change your psyche at all? No, but it wouldn't mean. Like I'm not surprised. This woman's come forward and said in the reports we have verifiable information. Facebook's internal team has information saying that Instagram actually hurts the body image of young girls that it causes increases in suicidal ideation that there is like a they reckon that they are between three and five percent of global conflict is due to facebook they police the platform they manage to get a particular percentage but they police almost all of the comments and the content on the platform in english and english only accounts for nine percent of all of the content that's produced on facebook so overall, what you end up with is the world now being told through a whistleblower that what people presumed for a very long time and yeah, had that, already that is, engineered that yeah. this was actually happening and they're aware of it. It's like, do you not think... They, they see the fucking algorithms. They make the algorithms. Like, yeah. obviously they know that this is going on. We knew it was going on and we don't have access to the algorithms. But obviously this was going to happen. But So yeah, this lady's come forward and basically said that there's a huge cache of internal documents, 10,000 pages that she um, siphoned off over a quite a long time. And then she left in May and revealed them. And these documents came out. And then she did a 60 minutes interview, which you can watch on YouTube. And um, then she gave a three hour address to the House of Congress or some shit the other day as well. And yeah, I mean, it's a bad week to be Mark Zuckerberg. It's a, it's yeah. a pretty bad week. Well, okay, the movie's called The Social Dilemma. That was it. And, and um, you know, it's funny that, like, the whistleblower comes out to say that water is wet, essentially. Oh, you know, it causes, you know, young females to negatively think about their body? Wow, shocker. You know, causes more suicidal ideations? Shocker. You know, this is all something that people have been talking about for a long time. So why is it sure. news? Well, because it's now from the people that made it. It's coming directly from the people that made it. It's like, uh, you know, if anyone, if anyone in politics, if we theorize that something has happened and everyone theorizes, it's like if literally, um, what's his name? I can't, um, Epstein, right? It's like if his prison guards literally came out and said, we killed Epstein. Okay. Something we all knew. But now it's coming from the, the mouth of the actual people that were doing it. It's a little bit different. I think it's a little bit more, you know, that, that might not be the best analogy, but it, you know what I mean? It's coming directly from the people that are creating the algorithms that are creating these problems. I don't know if it's better for Facebook to have the power of gods to be able to manipulate the way that culture works. And if they were blind to it, like what, what was the best that people could have hoped for? Because the effect hasn't changed. People, we already knew that young girls' mental uh, health was being impacted by social media. 
that people were becoming addicted to their devices, that most people re- report that in retrospect, they wish they'd spent less time on their phones, so on and so forth. We knew that that was happening. Right. Is it, what were, what were we presuming before we saw this document? That, that Facebook were like culpably deniable, willfully ignorant? Like, no, they obviously, in order to be able to enact those, those effects, they have to actually know the way that this works. No, and that's what I'm saying is like it almost like skepticism and theory and, and, and uh, you know, conspiracy theory like will never, ever be legitimate because it doesn't make people like people just always want to know exactly yeah, if it right. is or if it isn't. They want to know no matter what they yes. observe, they need to it needs to be declared what it is. And it's like, yeah, what did we expect before was like, no, we didn't expect anything different, but we just kind of went, yeah, you got to move on. Right. But now, since it's legitimate, there's people saying, oh, yeah, fuck, this is a fucking problem. And they've known it's been a problem. But now it's like, okay, you know, it's it's like, um, you know, humans salivate over the potential to have something be cut and fucking dry. You know, because there's always this dichotomy between good and bad uh, throughout everything. And people who are always running in their brains to determine which side to be on of any debate. Now it's like we, we are sure and it feels good. It feels really good to hate on Mark Zuckerberg. You know what I mean? Not as good as it feels to hate on Mark Ripito. Feels better. I Look, I don't hate on him. I don't hate on the man, for real. Where um, can people it, go to access your alt-right libertarian YouTube channel? Just go to my YouTube channel, Zach Tellender, Z-A-C-K space T-E-L-A-N-D-E-R. And... Uh, yeah, you can go there. And if you guys want to learn how to weightlift, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Zach Tellender. And if you want to watch me do more stuff, go to my Instagram, coach underscore ZT. And that's it. Easy. We're out. Thank you very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that and learned lots about the elusive nature of the female orgasm and why you shouldn't start Internet beef with Zach Talander. Uh, don't forget, you can receive a 20% discount site-wide off everything, including the amazing Nano 11s, by going to Reebok.co.uk and putting the code MW20 in at checkout. Plus, you can get yourself out of injury and reclaim your fitness with Active Life RX, and a free consultation call is waiting for you at bit.ly slash rxwisdom. That's bit.ly slash rxwisdom. And don't forget, Monday, Modern Wisdom Community exclusive episode. Be there. I'll see you next time.